Okay, so does anybody remember what we've been talking about? Persecution, Persecution in the church. And we've done uh, three weeks of it. We talked about a couple first. And then we talked about uh, two nations one week. And then the next week we talked about one nation and kind of traced its history. So does anybody remember the couple? The Worm Brands. The Worm Brands. Yes, it's a different name for sure. Um, they lived in the Soviet Union. Okay. And this is kind of back in the early half of the 1900s, okay? They lived there, and you remember he was taken to prison for preaching about God, okay? Basically, because he wouldn't deny Christ, he was taken to prison. He was in prison on and off a couple different times, but essentially for 14 years. And many of those years, he was in solitary confinement, literally locked away from everybody and everything and even because they wanted to mess with his mind all that they could and so the soldiers didn't even have uh, regular boots on they wore like a soft-soled shoe so that it was silence all the time okay it was meant to really break people mentally and spiritually they wanted to break people but he withstood and we talk about that and we say wow that was a different time and the reason I want you to to see and we want you to look through these things is because the different time is not really uh, true because it's happening all over the world right now all right people that believe in Christ as their Savior and that admit it are being persecuted throughout the world. So we're doing a series where we're looking a little bit of history, uh, maybe the last 100 years or so, maybe less than that, maybe the last 60, 70 years, and then we're looking at some modern day, what's happening right now. And so when we talked, uh, that was the Worm Brands first, Worm Brands, okay? And then John talked about two specific nations. You remember those two? China, China and North Korea. China and North Korea. And those are people today that are greatly struggling. Um, we put them together. They have some similarities and things. Uh, but you can't legally be a Christian, officially, in either of those countries. And they will do some pretty bad things to you. Oftentimes, if they find out, they will punish you. They might kill you, um, depending on the group that you're with and around and what you say. And you certainly aren't even really allowed to have Bibles. Okay? Not allowed to have one in your home. If you're found with one, you could be jailed, uh, maybe even killed. It just really depends on the whim of the government at the time. Now, North Korea uh, has a policy. Do you remember the three-generation policy? Yeah? What was it? Well, three generations were punished if someone was a Christian. So the gener three generations down? Yep. Yep, three generations 
down, they're going to punish you if your relative was a Christian. <clears throat> okay? Why do they do that? Because they want to stop it. They're trying to hold power over people. They're trying to get people not to admit. So understand that's in the world today. In China and North Korea. Today, that's exactly what they do. Okay? And what you'll find if you look these things up, uh, as we start looking around the world, most countries in the world have persecution of people who believe in God, okay? So I chose another nation to talk about first today. Um, oh, I'm sorry, let me finish up the, the rewind here. Last week we did one other nation. Iran. Iran, okay? Not far, but Iran. <laughs> It was funny. All right? Now, Iran really is a nation that we can trace back in the Bible. Okay? Way back, what was it called? Persia. Persia. It was a nation of Persia. And tell me two famous stories from Persia. The kingdom of Persia. Out of the Bible. Esther. Book of Esther. She was the queen of Persia. Okay? And... What? Moses? No. Daniel. Daniel. So Daniel started out under uh, King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon, but Babylon was defeated by the Persians and the Medes that got together and basically destroyed okay, the, the kingdom of Babylon and took over, <coughs> and Daniel was thrown into the lion's den under that uh, king of the Persians. Okay, so persecution happened even back then. And then we went back, we went down through the history of the, the kingdom of Persia, and basically they passed king to king to king, and all of a sudden uh, there was a large influx of Muslims that came in, more and more and more of them, and it wasn't until 1970 that there was a revolution, they called it, and basically uh, Sharia law come in, or basically there was a, the Muslim took over the government. And when they took over the government, persecution started to ramp up and up and up, okay? So you'll find it's in cycles in many countries. And those countries that have been uh, on since Persia, I mean, that is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years old. And you've seen cycles go up and go down and go up and go down. The, the point is that history is full of persecution of people that believed in God. The very first thing that happened after... Christ left the earth is the Christians started to be persecuted. Stephen was a young man, they believe he was about 17 years old, and he was stoned to death for believing in God. And that's in the middle of Israel where they all believed in God, right? Well, they were against Jesus. Okay? 
They were against Jesus and the government was at the time and so they allowed these things to happen. It has been history of mankind that people that believe in God throughout the world in many places have seen this. We as a nation, as America, are a very young nation, okay? Only started really a couple hundred years ago. But we haven't seen super intense persecution in this country, but that doesn't mean we never will in our history. Right? So we want you to understand the world is standing up for Christ. We don't want to be weak Christians. We want to be strong Christians. right? And strong Christians know and understand what they believe, and they're willing to stand up for it. Okay? Understand this. If God allows persecution to happen in our country, he will give you the strength to do what you need to do. Now, we've seen a bit of these things happen in 2020, right? Some of these things happened where the churches, many of them were closed down. And those people who said, eh, what does it really matter? Some of those churches never reopened. And so it's a little bit of trial by fire to say, who's going to stand and continue to worship during these things? Okay, how do we do it? We stayed outside. And that's a small thing that we did until it was cold, right? We met outside because that's, we we're trying to follow the rules that we were told, okay? Someday, it may be where there is no way to follow that rule, right? And then we may have to stand. But up till now, we're gonna do our very best to cooperate and do those things. And, and people throughout the world have to live under these regimes. So there's a country, the third largest country in the world. Anybody know what the third largest country in the world is? Russia. Nope, that's, nope, you're pretty close though. You're getting, you're getting, Closer. It's in Africa. Third largest population. Anyways. No? Nigeria. Okay. There's over 200 million people. Do you know how many people live in the United States? About 300 million people. China's a billion. <laughs> China's way bigger, right? So there are many, many people who live uh, in this country of Nigeria, and it's fast growing, lots of people in there. And it is about 50-50 of Muslims and Christians. Okay, that's about the way the country's made up. And it's split. The country of Nigeria is basically split north and south. And if you live in the southern part of Nigeria, you are more safe, I'll call it. And I don't say safe, but I say more safe. And in the northern part, as a Christian, you are less safe. There is a great big influence of Muslims in the top half of the country. All right? And if you deny Christ, 
you will be persecuted in, or if you don't deny Christ, you will be persecuted in some way. If you say, I'm a Christian and I believe in God, I believe in Jesus Christ, you will be persecuted. There was a man that came in and they took him and he was in a village and they came and said, we want you to deny Jesus as your Savior and if you don't, we are going to cut off your right hand. So what do you think you would do? They're standing there with a sword. What do you think you'd do at that moment? That's a pretty hard thing to ask, but it's something should rumble around in your head a little bit as you as you look at your faith. How strong are you? What is it that you believe in? Do you believe enough to do what this man did? And I'm saying at that moment, God gives you the strength to do things. He said, I will not deny Christ. So they took a sword and they chopped off his right hand. And then they said, now, deny Christ. And they said, and he said, I will not deny Christ. After they cut his hand off. So they took his arm and they cut it off at the elbow. Well, it's pretty gruesome. And they said, now deny Christ. Says, I'm not going to deny Christ. Now, no doubt, blood flowing everywhere. Main arteries rubbing up and down your arm. Right? This is not a little thing that's happening. And so they shot him and killed him there. Right? They want you to be afraid. That's what they want. Rule by fear. They want you to be afraid. This is a man in Nigeria. They attacked churches. Just about a year ago, they attacked a church. Came in, a couple hundred people in the church worshiping. And when they came in, opened up fire, killed 50 people, injured a lot more, threw bombs, anything they could do. People scattered and ran for their lives. But you never know. Just worshiping is a danger in that country. And you say, well, it's more safe down south. People oftentimes that are Christians move down south and they would kind of congregate in a village. So people would come and burn the whole village and kill them all. So no matter what you did, they would come, they would make raids and kill them. And if the Christians stood up and fought back, they would send in the military from the government to stop them. But they wouldn't send in the military to stop the Muslims. You say, well, that's not fair. No, that's not fair. But now you've got to start wondering, who's really in charge of all this? Right? As we start looking around countries around the whole world, right? we've looked in the Soviet Union, we've looked in China, North Korea, and Iran, and now Nigeria, and it seems to be a similar theme. Right? It's happening in like places like Afghanistan, too. Afghanistan, there are so many countries. There are so many countries. So there's something going on behind the scenes, right? There's not one leader of all those different countries. 
Right? There's something bigger that's happening. When specifically targeted uh, Christians get targeted, in the last 15 to 20 years, they figure in Nigeria at least 50,000 Christians have been killed. And about 2 million of them have been displaced from their homes, wounded, displaced, pushed away, and they're living in refugee camps. Little sheds, little huts, little tents. Places where they can survive on the run. Trying to survive. Because they believe in God. That's what is this difficult grappling type thing. Right? When you say... Jesus is great. You gotta watch it in those countries. There was a young lady who was going to college just last year. She passed her exams. And she got on her phone and she put a thing, I passed all my exams, Jesus is the greatest. They took that girl and made an example of her. And they took her out and they stoned her to death. This is last year, not 2,000 years ago. This is last year in that country. Because she said Jesus is the greatest on one of her, I don't know, whatever app she used. The whole point is this. It is very different in many places. Understanding and coming up against that, what do you do in those moments of faith? What is it that I will do? I ask the same questions to myself. I grew up in a country free, and you can say the things you want to say and do the things you want to do. You can worship and all do all these things. What happens if someday it's not? And I ask those questions to myself. Will I stand up? I've got a family to protect. I've got a home to protect. I've got all these things. But... When the day comes and the moment comes, what is it I will stand for? Not that I love my family any less, but I hope that I have the strength and the faith to stand for Christ if those moments come. And God gives you those in the moment. Okay, God gives you those things in the moment. Let's look for in Ephesians chapter number 6. Because I've asked that question... Where does this come from? Why are they all doing the same thing to Christians around the world? And that's why we've been kind of putting these things together. Ephesians chapter 6. We've been putting this story together to try to help you understand this is a worldwide issue. Many, many countries. It's worldwide. It's happening. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 12 and 13, please. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, wherefore take unto you the whole amour of God, that ye may be able to withstand in every evil day, Day and having done all to stand. Okay, so this is what I'm saying. This is what the Bible says is why all of these countries are doing the very same thing. All 
all of these countries have one great pushing force behind it all. And that was in verse 12. And what is they, they, they refer to it as several different things. What do, what do they call it? Principalities. Okay, what else? Leaders of darkness. What else? Spiritual wickedness. I think there's another one. Is it powers? Powers. Anything else? This is in high places, right? So, we have an infrastructure out there explained in the book of Ephesians. And the infrastructure has some high-ranking evil. And what's high-ranking evil? Power that has influence over this earth. Right? Satan has pushed from the very beginning this persecution. So it's not it's not surprising that almost every country in the world has these things happening in it. Now there's little pockets of safety here and there. There's little things that happen because God has a greater influence than Satan, but Satan is trying his hardest to go through and push and he will get anybody to be on his side. He's interested in power. And so he creates a structure. And listen, it's not just worldly power. He's not interested in worldly power. He wants something bigger. He wants spiritual power. He wants power over men's souls. Now, God does not give him that. God has the ultimate say in every soul. But people can choose where they want to go. And if Satan offers power and leadership and high places, there are many out there who will say, I will take it. Because they want influence and power and money. So if he can get them wrapped up into this place, it's the problem with mankind. They want power and leadership and money and influence and they want it and so if he offers it to them and gets them entrapped in this it's not long before he's got a hold of a lot of countries leaders across the world right if those are people are godly people they fight against this but many people don't have that wherewithal to do it Many people aren't even interested in God or never have looked. And so Satan's influence comes through and you see it woven through many societies in the world. When a young college girl gets, gets stoned to death because she said, Jesus is the greatest, that's evil. When someone chops your arm off because you believe in Jesus, not hurting anybody. That's evil. Right? But there is power that people look, look for 
to get over top of people, to hold them where they want, to influence them and push them. And the power is what draws them. So you, we felt a little of that, right? We felt a little of that in this country where someone gets power and they want more and more and more. And how do they have power over people? I'm going to tell you what to do and you do it. Think about that. And what are the first things that say, well, let's shut the churches down. They can't do any good. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's against our rights. Well, they don't care. It's an emergency. We do it. Right? Because they use their power and influence to hold over top. So it's not far from anything. Understand that, that there is a battle going on behind the front scenes. What you will see in this world is not the true thing that's happening. The true battle that's happening is not against flesh and blood, not against human to human, right? There is spiritual wickedness in high places that is a piece of this big battle. It's, it's the majority of what's happening, right? So that's the big push in those things. And what are we told to do? Put on the whole armor of God. And when we stand, we are to stand with that armor. And how do we stand? Well, what is the armor of God? It has helmet of salvation. So you have to have a relationship with God. Right? You have to know you have a relationship with God. You have your faith, your shield of faith. You have your belt of truth and your sword of the Spirit, which is God's Word. So you know what's right. You're able to discern good from evil because of God's Word. You're able to discern those things, good from evil. You know what's wrong and what's, what's right. And God helps you with those things. And the breastplate of righteousness, it protects you if you learn from God how to do right. Those are the things you need. The gospel shoes of peace. So God doesn't say, go out there and grab up all your weapons and wipe everybody out. He says, go out there and talk about Christ's love. The gospel shoes of peace. Now, I'm not saying there's never a moment or that it's wrong ever to stand up for things. But I am saying that most often Christ calls us to stand in love. And some of these individuals have stood and they have strengthened the church, even though they got hurt, right? Each of these countries, and we see the stories get out of these people that stand, and all of a sudden the church grows in these places where they're persecuted. We have seen in many places in America, the church has faded in its strength. It's become weak in, the, in America. The Church of Christ, because we don't have those trials to make us strong. And so we have to be careful to be learning and vigilant to stay and grow in our faith and, and allow God to work in us, right? Because you do not know what's next. 
You do not know. You're just called to stand. Sometimes you're just called to stand. Romans 12. Romans 12, verse number 2. And this is an important part of standing. <laughs> because what are we supposed to do with all of this? crazy in the world. How am I going to know what to do? What's going to happen? Well, first of all, not worrying about it. Uh, verse number 2. Romans 12, 2, please. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Alright? So, what he says is don't be like this. Don't be like the world. Allow God to work in you, change you, give you faith, strengthen you, become that person of faith. Many of these people that were persecuted and stood for their faith are within five to ten years of your age, standing for their faith. Growing in a different country, they have no choice. They might be 15, they might be 19. They might be 22, and they're standing for their faith. All right? These people are standing for it. So what do you do? You allow God to work in you and transform your thoughts, change you, help you to see what it is God wants you to do. God will give you direction if you are seeking Him and trying to understand His Word. But you need to be transformed in order to understand it. Right? We've talked a lot about the spirit being dead before God, Christ, comes into your heart and he makes your spirit alive. Well, then you've got a long way to go to, to grow, to change, to understand, and to allow that new living spirit inside of you to come through your personality and come through your body. You've got to allow God to work from one side to the other of you, up and down, inside and out. Okay, So understand that. Now, you say, well, all these countries, they're so far away from where we are. You know, I'm never going to go to the Soviet Union. I may never go to China, North Korea, Iran, Nigeria. They're all so far away. That all happens over there. I want you to understand that it was only two years ago that there was a pastor in Canada. He was famous for feeding thousands of people on the streets. And the Canadian government came after him because he was doing it during the pandemic. You can't feed people. And he says, the people still need to be fed. All on his own money, not with government help all from donations and things. He was feeding people. He had a ministry for feeding people. He had a church. He was a man who grew up in Poland and he saw the persecution that had happened. He came over here and he's not afraid to stand. And no one else stood with him. This is just in Canada. Just a few miles north. Okay? They came against him. 
They tried to shut his church down. They tried to stop him from feeding, put him in and out of uh, arrest and different things, tried to stop him from feeding people, tried to stop him from talking about Christ. He was put into uh, he was put into prison, solitary confinement, and they came and they vandalized his house, burned and vandalized the church. They loosened the tires on his vehicle just to kind of go after him. They called him a super spreader. All right, you heard that kind of stuff go around. And in the end, they said you can't distribute Bibles, you can't give out things, you can't read from the, from the Bible in public. Now what does that have to do with anything? Except it all makes sense when there's one big push from behind. One big power that wants the same thing. Right? And so we're called to stand. This man was brought in for inciting mischief. And he is about to be sentenced within the next month. We don't know what he's going to be sentenced to, how long they're going to sentence him for prison. Right now he's under house arrest. Not allowed to leave the country. Not allowed to go anywhere. Because he stood up for Christ. Canada. The governments are not the same of anything across the world, but they are all around and there is an influence happening from the beginning and there is a raging against God that has been happening from the very, very beginning. Happened from the Garden of Eden. You don't need to do what God says. You don't need to hear his word. You need to get away from God. He wants bad things for you. And it goes on and on and on. And so it's been a deep push from behind. And as we come nearer to the end of the world, the Bible says he is going to intensify those persecutions. He's going to intensify those things. Right? So understand, standing, getting your faith in line, deciding what you're going to do. Getting your faith in line and say, I'm going to stand up. Because the Bible says, put on the gospel armor, right? And having done everything, stand. So this man in Canada, standing for what he believes. And no one else is standing around him. All the other pastors said, oh, thanks. We're going to do just what they... So be ready, be aware, understand, and know what you believe. Okay? As we look uh, at a couple more of these things around in life, uh, in the world today, know that that's a battle. It's a real battle that's happening. We wrestle not against flesh and blood powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. All right, thank you very much.